Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you think about your business, not just do your business. What I try to do is take different topics that I think are really not only important, but also very relevant, relevant in that I have my ear to the ground and I'm talking to a lot of different remodelers of different sizes and types. And as a result of that, I'm really thinking about, okay, what are some common themes, common kind of conversations and dialogue that's out there that I think might be interesting to a much larger audience. This podcast series is supported by pretty much all the major outlets, including Professional Remodeler, many of the technology companies, and certainly the national associations. Today, I want to talk about a topic that I'm finding is kind of bubbling up probably more predominantly, certainly than many. And I'm not sure whether it's a product of the time or the aging of the owners in the business, but it's the whole topic that's kind of wrapped around transitions. You know, what are your transitions? What are your next step? How do you want to think about, you know, moving on to that next passage in your life in terms of the business? Needless to say, transitions aren't necessarily just about aging out of the business. It's about many, many different factors in the business. Now, thankfully, I've always been a planner. I've always thought really five, 10 years out. So this this concept of thinking about transitions and thinking about future, thinking about the next steps is really been a very, very natural one, certainly for me, because it's been very much part of my DNA. I look at the best of the best out there. One of the differences between them and I would say the good or average owners out there is they are thinking about these transitions, certainly as they're moving forward. And if you kind of think about this transition, and we're all going to go through it, whether we like it or not, it's very much of a journey. And you think about a road trip, and you're looking out over the horizon there. You know, are you really seeing the seashore or are you seeing the mountains? It's not necessarily specifically what exactly that destination is, but at least you have some direction. Now, One of the things I encourage, and it's very hard to do this when you're so busy, is how much time are you really spending thinking about the future, thinking about this subject? Well, when it comes to your business, I have encouraged, I think, owners for quite a while to think about long, medium, and short-term kind of amount of time they're investing in the business. When you're super busy, almost all the time goes to the short term and very little goes to the medium and long term. But I think if you can make appointments to yourself, if you can carve out time for yourself, and it doesn't take much, carve out an hour to a week just to really think about what that transition might be, what that future might be, looking out to that horizon. What is that horizon, I I think, as you're moving through it? And you've got to think about these things as passages. And when I use that word very specifically, you're moving through a 
a, a series of passages. This is a process that you have to go through. It's not like a light switch. It's really more of a continuum that ultimately gives birth there. I know many, many years ago when I was starting to think about this, you know, I actually discussed it with my partner and with our team in terms of what that might look like for me. So I want to talk about, you know, 10 tips themes, ideas that may help you kind of in this journey. And I encourage you to reach out. Don't hesitate to send me a note if you do have, you know, a thought or a question, or certainly you want some resources out there. There's a lot of different ones out there. The first one I want to talk about is a little bit of a paradigm shift. Many years ago, my friend Tom Kelly had one of his key people that were leaving at the time, and she said to him, you know, Tom, I want to rewire, not retire. And I must admit, that only not only hit a chord for me, but I ended up writing quite a bit about that, to- that topic because that really was consistent with what I was thinking and feeling as well. You know, it's all about rewiring and rewiring not only really helps you to understand you start with a a platform that you've created for so many years and you're rewiring, you're tweaking, you're adjusting it, you're changing it as you're moving forward. You're not necessarily abandoning all those experiences. And I think when you change the, the paradigm that you're really not interested in going from black to white, you're really interested in rewiring, not sitting on the beach and clipping coupons and retiring, you really are looking for that next passage, that next stage. So I think by changing that thinking and that paradigm for yourself, it all of a sudden helps you to have a little bit more clarity in what that 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 wants to be. The number two on my list is not focus on what do I want to be, but focus on how do I want to feel in whatever this period of time. And I think if you focus on how you want to feel, it's much easier to articulate how you want to feel. You want to feel a sense of freedom. You want to feel less stressed. You want to be stretching your muscles, doing different and more interesting things. You want to have less burden when it comes to number of people reporting to you or depending on you. But those are all feelings. They're not necessarily a job description of what you want to be in the future. And I think if you can adjust that language to how you want to feel, not necessarily how you want to be, and actually make a list of those things, five or 10 things, I think it'll help to give you a lot more clarity. Number three on my list was plant seeds. Once you have a feeling of how you want to feel, begin five or 10 years in advance starting to plant those seeds. So what do I mean by that? If you want to do as I did, you want to write more, you start to get out, for example, and really focus on writing maybe some columns or writing some blogs, those kind of things, with the idea that ultimately maybe you want to write a book or maybe Maybe you want to do a column for a magazine or maybe you want to get out and be a speaker. But you got to start with planting those seeds in advance. In many of the talks, and I've given over a thousand talks, I actually have had several people come up to me and say, how do I become a national speaker like you, Mark? And I simply say, well, how many times do you get out and speak? And they oftentimes will say, well, I'm not really doing it right now. I'm just kind of curious of how, how do I get there? And my answer is always the same. 
start by going out and speaking. You know, if you want to get out and be a national speaker, if you want to get out and and be involved in almost any kind of activity, start with planting those little seeds. Not only will they grow, but by the time you get to those transitions and you're ready to go, you'll be positioned much, much better. One of the other questions and challenges, so number four on my list, that I asked myself many, many years ago, and it's a pretty basic question, and that is, when is enough enough? And I'm referring more specifically, financially, when is enough enough? Because the reality is most of you, number one, are working very hard getting income from that. Maybe you're setting aside some of that money. I don't know. But do you really know when is enough enough? I'm not going to give you a figure on this podcast. But what I am going to say, when I started to think about this subject, I actually asked 14 of my friends and respected professional and and certainly people out there that I thought could give me some insights on it. And what was interesting when I did this exercise over a period of about three or four months, of those 14, two gave me outrageously high numbers, three gave very, very unrealistic, naive low numbers, but nine were all about the same number. And that happened to be the number that I was thinking myself as well. And I only share that because if you validate, if you ask respected friends questions like when is enough enough and you get enough insights back, what it did for me was it gave me a target. It gave me it gave me conviction of what I needed to do to get to that point. Thankfully, I was very close to that point as it was when I really got that feeling and direction from all these people that it would became very clear. Once I achieve that particular figure, that net worth, so to speak, in terms of when was enough enough, I can tell you the level of freedom in terms of thinking, not freedom in doing, but freedom in terms of thinking was tremendous. All of a sudden, I could look to not what I had to do, but what I wanted to do, I think, moving forward. Number five. Number five is within your business, whether you're an owner, whether you're working in an organization, I would strongly encourage trading time for dollars. So what do I mean by that? If you're an owner and you have a certain salary that's pretty substantial within the business, think about what if that salary were less? What if you got some additional time, you could hire someone to do some of those activities and things that you're doing, but more importantly, you had additional time to invest in things that you really wanted to invest in. And I think when you think about that, that's really, really significant. It's certainly something that I adopted and I can tell you, it gave me the time to plant a lot of seeds, do a lot of different things, and that really was a a game changer of trading time for money and that time allowed investments uh, and seeds and activities to be started, which made the transition in terms of that next passage pretty much a seamless activity. Number six, you got to think a little bit further out. Oftentimes when I'm coaching or working with owners or leaders, you know, I ask them, where do you want to be in a year? And they're pretty clear of where they want to be in a year. 
I ask them where they want to be in three years. Maybe it's a little bit more fuzzy and a little bit more naive, but they still have some sense of where they want to be in three years. Once I get beyond that five years, seven years, 10 years, it gets really, really fuzzy. So I encourage, try to stretch those muscles. This is a marathon. You want to think in terms of, you know, a distance out that's far enough. And I'd say at least five to 10 years. Again, you do not need to articulate exactly where you want to be living or exactly what you're going to be doing or what's going on. But I think when you sit with a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and start to reflect on how do I want to feel in five or 10 years, it starts to create some clarity. So you've got to think far enough out. Number seven is investing time into the transition process. Now, I mentioned before, carving out a little bit of time, making appointments to yourself, uh, but there's so many things that you can do, I think, in this. It could be uh, you're reading about the subject, you're researching about the subject, you're traveling around, planting some little seeds on the subject, but you've got to invest time if you want to think about, I think, the future in this transition. Also, don't forget about what you're leaving behind because you've got to invest time positioning and creating the right platform for the business that will either allow you to transfer this business or allow you to transition out of the business so you can be more arm's length. But it's going to take time to do this. So if you don't invest the time, you're going to fall short. Number eight on my list was something that actually about 20 years ago really had life-changing effects, I think, in terms of my my journey and my passages. And that was I met with a friend of mine and I asked him, you know, he'd already at a fairly young age, you know, accomplished a lot of different really successful things in his business. And I asked, so Jim, what what's your next step here? What are you thinking about these days? And he said something I'll never forget. He said, I'm looking for someone to fire me. And while the immediate reaction when you think about being fired uh, is is kind of a negative reaction, it actually <clears throat> was so positive in the sense if you really think about how can you move forward if, in fact, you're not pushed forward, pushed out. So this notion of how who can fire you is all of a sudden, I know in my world, I've started to put more and more time and energy of developing those people that could, in fact, sit in my seat and not necessarily be turned in myself, having to do a lot more of those things. So when you think about that, do you have people in your business that can fire you, that can sit in your seat. If you don't, now's the time to start that process, whether it's going outside and bringing someone in and having a one or two year development, or whether it's looking for that superstar, or that shining star, or that rookie of the year that five years from now could develop in that. But the bottom line is you need to ask yourself that question, who will fire you if in fact you will want to be able to be pushed forward. And I can tell you, it pushing you forward will create the freedom in the transition that you certainly want. 
Number nine on my list was seek out advisors. Now you can, you have a lot of advisors out there. First and foremost, obviously friends and family. You want to talk to them about these transitions and where you want to be because you want to make sure everyone is aligned with what your vision is, what your goals are as well. So seek out advisors, whether it's family members, whether it is uh, uh, business advisors, people that have gone through this process, certainly with coaches. There's so many different advisors out there and you don't necessarily have to have a formal agreement with any advisor, but I strongly encourage it. You think about you're kind of like your own little business. You know, what is your advisory board? What is your board of directors? Well, you can actually pick three to five people as your kind of own personal advisory board that I think this topic of transitions and passages can be an integral part of what you're doing, I think, moving forward. Number 10 on my list, and certainly not the least, and I could go on and on for another three, four, five items, but number 10 on my list is don't keep this transition a secret. Once you start to have a clear understanding of what that five to 10 year transition might be, you don't necessarily want to get out a megaphone, but you don't want to keep it a secret as well. Because once you deputize other people to start thinking about your transition, giving you advice on your transition, helping you with your transition, I think you will find that it not only gives you conviction, but it kind of helps you to kind of be motivated and burn your bridge a little bit in terms of, um, you know, not going back. And then all of a sudden, when you're a year out, two years out, and you're forced to do a transition, you, you really aren't prepared for it. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this. I hope you found it a little bit beneficial. And again, my goal today is not necessarily give you the answers, but at least really force you to ask yourself these same questions that certainly I went through. And I think those passages can be pretty wonderful for you as well. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Remodeling Mastery Podcast by Mark G. Richardson, supported by Professional Remodeler Magazine, Engage, Leap, Marlamar, and Destination Motivation. Check out our earlier podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.